Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Right, if you have a Bible, we're going to read like one verse in a moment and then a few verses later. But if you want to get your Bible to Matthew chapter 13 and in verse 44, and uh, if you've got... If you've got an analogue Bible, you'll also be able to stick your finger there and head to Mark chapter 10. If you don't have an analogue Bible, like a paper one, then I appreciate that is literally an impossible thing to do. Somebody make a better Bible app so that we can do something like that. That would be great. Uh, we're going to share together. Uh, normally, we start our service with worship, like sung worship, and we sing together. I know lots of you are back in church because that's something we're doing now, uh, and we're all excited about that, definitely. And just in this little season, as we're speaking literally about what it means to encounter God through things like our worship together, we're just spinning the service around a little bit. So we're going to share a little bit of time together here and then the worship team are going to lead us off the back of that in worship together. And um, let, let's pray, and then let's get into this message this morning. Is that okay? Excellent. If you're still finding that page in your Bible, that's fine. Keep going. Uh, Father God, thank you that we get this time together. Thank you that we're able to do this. And thank you that this experience today is not just a personal one, but a shared one. And we pray that the joy of the Holy Spirit will be amongst us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit will be amongst us as we receive your word together, as we worship together, whether we're in this room or in Podsmead. Amen. 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 So yeah, in this series, we're going to talk about what does it mean to encounter God? And one of the questions kind of we're going to try and answer today is this. It's going to, we're going to answer the question, like, why does everybody need to bring a shovel when they come to church? All right? Why everyone needs to bring a shovel when they come to church? That's something I'm going to try and answer in this short message uh, because it's kind of connected to the bit we're going to read in just a moment. And when I say like, bring a shovel to church obviously don't mean literally thank you literalists also i don't mean because of this real awkwardness at the moment where you uh you're digging a hole for yourself because you're saying hello to someone and then you're going are you new and they're going no i've been here five years all right so i, I appreciate this like a i think we just need to declare it's hole digging season in a whole different way and that's okay, all right? Can we just agree that amongst us, we're right to do that. Just, let's just agree amongst us that it's okay to ask someone what their name is, even though you feel like you should probably know their name by now. Is that all right, everybody? Would you at least give me that grace? If I'm going to speak to you after the service, or if you're going to speak to the team in Posmit after the service, if they ask your name, you think, we have met before. Like, it might have been a little while. There's also lots of new faces about. So I'm not talking about that kind of hole digging where we go, oh, I really should have known your name. You're my mum. Right, so just somewhere, just a room full of grace. Is that all right, everybody? All right, it's not that kind of hole digging we're talking about. We'll talk about this thing that comes from a parable that Jesus told. It's one of his shortest parables, some of you will be pleased to know, and it's found in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. You ready? If you don't have a Bible, don't worry, it'll bring it on screen behind us. And Jesus says this in this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. End of parable. Matthew 13, 44. So there's a man finds treasure. It's, there's something hidden about it. It's buried in this field. 
He's so excited about that treasure, he then goes, purchases not just the bit where the treasure is, he purchases the whole field so that at a later date, he knows, he, he goes back to that field, he just needs to bring a shovel and dig in that hole and he'll be able to find the treasure where he left it. And uh, the context of this, uh, whenever Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, as it's referred to in in the gospel of Matthew, in the other gospels, they refer to it as the the kingdom of God. And whenever we're seeing that, we're seeing something about Jesus's life message, that there is this new kingdom that's coming. And there's a new kind of kingdom and a new kind of king. And this kingdom is like experiencing heaven right here on earth. Right. So Jesus, uh, his life message is basically the kingdom of heaven is here. And if we read things like his parables and his teachings, and especially the way Jesus acted, what he wants us to see is like, here's how you live like the kingdom of heaven is right here, right now. This is how we transform ourselves, because heaven has come to earth. Here's how we transform our communities and our families and our workplaces and our cities and towns, because this is heaven coming to earth. This is Jesus' life message, as we see in the Gospels. There's a new kingdom, and the king is here. And Jesus uses this idea of the kingdom of heaven through lots of different parables to try to help people like you and I, as well as people 2,000 years ago, go, I'm sorry now, what? And try to help people understand this is what it's like to experience or to live in the kingdom of heaven. And this is what Jesus is showing in this parable. He's like, the kingdom of heaven is extremely valuable. It's precious. It's It's like a treasure. It's like, a, it's like something that you, if you found it, you would do anything you could to get back to that place and get that treasure because that's how good that treasure is. He knew how valuable it was and he wanted us to see there is value in that. I think like, wonder if many of us can talk about our own experiences or where we've experienced the kingdom of heaven in such a way that it's like an incredibly valuable experience. Like you would say, like that, that moment where I encountered God in a brand new way was so valuable, I want that again. Uh, maybe, you, maybe it's been in a moment like a, a church service like this, and you, you, were worshiping to, you, you were worshiping with others, and there was a moment of connection that by God's Spirit, you connected with Him in a brand new way. You're like, wow, that was a moment. That was an experience of the presence of God, the kingdom of heaven right there in that moment. That, I want that again. Or maybe it was like a moment on your own or maybe you had a transformational experience like a, going to a different culture or to a different country or to a different place. Maybe you climbed a mountain once or got lost in a desert. I don't know. In that moment, like, wow, I experienced something I've never experienced before and I want that again. I think lots of us have those experiences. Uh, it's really interesting how many of us, when we're in experiences like this here, find ourselves crying. Anybody else? Like happens, maybe happens all the time. If you're new and you cry today, honestly, that's like the most common feedback, and I think it's a good thing. But uh, people try to express this. I don't know what it is, but I just found, as we were singing, or as I was with this room full of people, I just found tears rolling down my cheeks. I don't know what that was. And we're like, I don't have words for that either. But that was an experience that you had, though. There was, and you're. That was something that you valued because it brought you to a place of encountering God in a way that you've just not done before. I've got to tell you, like if you've been around the block a few times, it's quite tempting, isn't it, to always want to go back to that? 
And, and I think there are good practices we can have to take us back to those places, but there are also always new places that we can get to. There are always new uh, new encounters, new valuable moments that we can have with God. But those moments of encounter are so precious. Yeah. They're like experiencing the kingdom of heaven right here, right now. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if you find one of those, it's like treasure buried in a field. Yeah. You'd buy the whole field to get back and find that treasure again, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is helping us see uh, in this parable. Uh, in those moments, we make big decisions like something you're going to give your life to. Make big decisions like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Right? In those moments, we're probably like given more and told, told somebody that we're going to like, uh, change a change life decision or start something new in, in those moments. And that's why I think they have these, this value. Paul the Apostle in Ephesians 1.18 says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Wow. In Paul's prayer, it's like there's value to this. Value that can't even be counted in coins and notes. And here's the challenge. Here's where I want the, the challenge to hit all of us here today, right? It come, it's, it's worded like this. That in this parable of Jesus, how we settle for the field when we should be digging for the treasure. Imagine the absurdity of buying that field like the man in the parable and knowing that there's treasure in the field and turning up in the field, getting a deck chair out and going, what a nice field. <laughs> now you could be the biggest fan of fields there ever has been, but you're not there for the field, are you? That, that's absurd. When you know there's treasure to be had in the field, why would you settle for chilling in a bit of grass? As much as you might like grass. You wouldn't, would you? So we've got to ask ourselves this question, okay? As, as uh, lots of us are re-engaging back with some uh, things like worship services like this today, encounter services, lots of us re-engaging with uh, what it means to uh, be, be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, not just on our own, in our homes, in our own personal disciplines, but alongside others in services and groups and teams and gatherings in different ways. We're all relearning and re-engaging and getting ourselves back up to a sort of level of basic fitness, if you like, with some, with some of these things. And we've got to remind ourselves it's not all right just to show up and sit in the field because there's treasure to be had and this is why you've got to bring a shovel when you come to church okay because well done everybody you made it to church today I've got three kids that are in itself if you have children you know that is a mission well done. You made it to church. You may have, we've got people here this morning, because it happens every, I know who you are, some of you. You've got a night shift and you've come straight to church. Like, well done. We have a lady serving on OC Kids here who hasn't been to bed yet. And she's got to look after our kids. Please pray. Let's just pray together for a moment. Let's do that. Like, well done. You've made it into the room. Well done. You've made it to the field. I've got to tell you, church is not the treasure. Church is not the kingdom of heaven. It's just the field. It's just somewhere we know that when we go there, there are, there are, there are ways that we can follow some, old, some, some of these practices are ancient, like reading the word together, singing songs together, Sundays we take communion together. These are, some of these are ancient practices, but these are ways that we can follow to know there's treasure to be had. But here's the thing, like Steph's going to lead us in worship later. And I'm doing my best to preach my heart out and encourage you to do that this morning. But I didn't bring a shovel for you. You've got to bring your own shovel. 
you've got to arrive in the field and go, okay, I made it to the field, great, but there's treasure to be had here. There's treasure to be had if we dig for it. So don't stop at the gate. Don't stop now. Let's not pitch a tent here. Let's pick up the shovel and go for it. Uh, uh, Louise and I went to the science museum in the summer, took the kids, and uh, we remember going. Does anybody, just give me a wave. You can wave at the screen in Posmeter here if you've been to the science museum in London. Like, yeah, okay, a few of us. I remember going as a kid, filled with like awe and wonder. It was amazing, all this hands-on experience. We booked tickets to go, and you had to, you had to book in to be able to go. And then there were all these like, other experiences that you could pay extra for, which we tried to do, right? Don't call me cheap. <laughs> right? We tried to, but they were fully booked. But we thought, well, we remember going to the Science Museum. There's loads of stuff you could do. I got, like, no offence, Science Museum, if you're watching. There really isn't that much to do anymore. <laughs> I don't know whether that's just like a sign of the times, but we went and but all, it felt like this. We, it felt like we were walking around and all the good stuff was behind these doors. All these good stuff required a financial investment that we weren't able to make. And the kids, we got about an hour and a half in and, and Cole, our oldest, he's six, just went, Dad, this is boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, didn't even, I, I couldn't even do like the, the parenting thing where you go like, yeah, come on, let's make the most of it. I was like, I think you're right. <laughs> this is weird. I mean, there's a lot of words to read and, you know, we're like wandering around Wikipedia here. So it just felt like all the good stuff was behind the door we didn't have access to. You know, later on in the New Testament, the author of Hebrews describes uh, Jesus being like our high priest that goes before us and enters places that access the presence of God beyond places that we could have accessed ourselves before. And, and Jesus goes before us and beckons us in. He unlocks the door to the Equinox experience at the Science Museum. And he says, if you're with me, which you are, like, follow me. Follow me. We can, we can go through these doors. And this is what Jesus is beckoning from you today. He says, follow me. Stay with me. Like, yeah, I don't really know like, the words. I'm new to this. And like, all my, you know, this is new practices for me. Yeah, I know, just follow me. Yeah, it's been ages since I've done this. And I feel like I got out of the habit a bit. Online church didn't really work for me. And, you know, trying to watch it on telly. And like, it's just not as good. And he's like, don't worry about that. Just follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Right? Just follow me. Because let's not mistake showing up for digging in. So you guys are like the early adopters. Some of you have come even when it was rubbish. So I allowed to say that. Not, it wasn't rubbish. It just wasn't as good. I, I've, I've, when, we, when it was only like team, there's like eight of us in this room. And, and some of the stuff we do was just pre-recorded. It wasn't even like real human people. Just a camera that you had to press start yourself. Like it's, I mean, just not as good. I get it. Yeah. I, know, I, I can't just show up now. I can't just show up and think, I've, I've, oh, yeah, this is good. It's good to be back, isn't it? It's good to be back to normal. There's nothing normal about this. Let's not mistake showing up for digging in. So I'm, I bring my shovel to church because I know that when somebody talks for 20 minutes, I, 
I, want, I need to try and interpret that for myself. I need to try and dig something out of that. So what makes a difference isn't this moment, but how I apply this in my life tomorrow morning or how we're going to respond to this when we worship together. I've got to bring my shovel to dig in a little bit and put some work in to make sure I'm not like the man who buys the field and chills in the field. I'm the man or the woman who brings their shovel, digs for the treasure and finds something new in the presence of God. I'm going to finish with this. If you have your paper Bible and you had your finger in Mark chapter 10, we're going there now. If you're super fast with the Bible app, go to Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Uh, here's a different encounter that somebody, somebody has with Jesus. Uh, it says this, then, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to say, Jesus, son of David, which is like a, a way of acknowledging Jesus' heritage, like King David from the Old Testament. Quite a powerful thing to say to somebody. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. He brought his shovel. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, teacher, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. A fascinating little interaction. I just, I just want to make sure you saw something that Mark the gospel right here wanted us to see in this interaction of a blind man in the context of this first century world if you are blind you're unable to get a job if you're unable to get a job you're unable to make a living you're unable to make a living you're unable to sort your family you're an outcast you hold no value in society if you're blind and you're a beggar so the only thing he can do to live is to beg and if begging means he gets a few coins in his jacket can you chat me that jacket if a few coins in his jacket, that means he, eat, he eats for another day. And if he has a family, he's eat, maybe he can feed his family first and him last. So here we've got a beggar with a, with a cloak on the floor. Here's a person goes by. He's blind, remember. Here's someone goes by. Have you got a spare change? Like he's, he, Every person, has, have you got any spare change? Have you got any spare change? Have you got any spare change? Like we see people like this still, don't we, obviously? Okay. So people have put a few bits of shrapnel in the cloak a few coins and a few people gracious enough to try and help this blind beggar who clearly has no other way of feeding his family other than what ends up in this jacket now he hears some people going by and he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth he knows there's something there's there's an experience to be had that's face to face with Jesus that would change everything in his life okay so he hears Jesus coming along and he starts calling out Jesus Jesus and the Jesus' entourage are getting a bit embarrassed, like, we don't want riffraff like you. It's like, Jesus, Jesus, they tell him, be quiet, be quiet. Jesus has got more important things to do. He's got, stop bothering the rabbi. Jesus, he calls, shouts even louder. He's digging in, he's digging in. I know I, I'm not giving up until I find there's treasure somewhere. There's treasure somewhere, I'm digging in, I'm digging in, I'm digging in. In the end, Jesus says like, hey, who's, who's calling me? I've got, I've got time for that. Like, get him over here. I say, cheer up, get up onto your feet. This is what it says. We read, we read these words. He said, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. This is the bit I want us to see. In that cloak is all he has to live for another day. 
the value, whatever that was, it doesn't tell you, but the value of the, the small coins in that cloak by his feet, that is what's going to feed him and his family, if there's even anything in there for the day. And he, see, he hears that Jesus has come by, and it says he throws his cloak aside and walks towards Jesus. He walks to, he can't see him, he's going to walk towards the voice of Jesus. So what it looks like today for us to dig in. That we make a value decision. That the, whatever I value right here, right now, whatever small amount of value I've, I place in whatever this is, there's something so valuable in an encounter with Jesus that I will throw this aside and I will step forward and follow the voice of Jesus because the value of an encounter with Jesus is far greater than whatever, whatever I can bring about myself, whatever my hard work can do, whatever my well-disciplined life will do, whatever my seven healthy habits will do, whatever my own little plan I've got is, yeah, you can have that, but the value of encountering Jesus is far greater than anything that we can have and beg for at our feet. Bring your shovel. We're going to dig to dig something in now. We're going to dig deep. We're going to offer some worship to Jesus in one of these old practices called sung communal worship. And we're going to do that together. And in this moment, we're going to throw aside our cloaks and the things that we, we might value and say, because in comparison to you, Jesus, there is nothing as valuable as an encounter with you. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. The team here are going to lead us. And One Church Podsmead, when I finish praying, the team are going to lead worship in the room there as well. Right, before I pray, why don't you take a moment, close your eyes, bow your head, find a way that you engage in prayer. If you're brand new to this, just take a moment, pause, ask yourself, what am I thinking? Is there a way that Jesus wants to encounter me today? And I might find this uncomfortable or even unusual. But may I encounter the Son of the living God today as we worship together. Go on, just take a moment, pray. So Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that this man received his sight. You uh, gave him what he asked for. Thank you for parables and things that help us understand what something that our hearts long for. Now I pray that us as a church, as we regather ourselves and get back to some sort of fitness and more services, whatever that looks like, but that most importantly, these are encounter services where we encounter the Son of the Living God. So we're going to worship you today, Jesus. We're going to lift our voices. We're going to sing songs. Some of these words, other people have. I've written for us some of these words are going to be words we bring ourselves but as we do this God we pray that we encounter you in a brand new way and I pray that we would experience the treasure of the kingdom of heaven and we would remind ourselves of the value of what it means to encounter you in this way and the value of that far greater than any other thing in the name of Jesus Amen Amen, Amen. Come on team